Well, we're in week number four of this series that we've been doing that we're calling The Journey. And what we've been talking about is that a relationship with Jesus is a continuous moment-by-moment, day-by-day walk and journey with Him. Uh, When we accept Him, when we ask Him to forgive us of our sins, we ask Him to come into our hearts, He does just that. He comes into our hearts and He comes into our lives and He is with us, whether we're at school, whether we are at work, whether we're driving the car, uh, and yes, He's even with us at ball games. And some of y'all forgot the fact that He is with you at the ball game. Uh, I've I've seen some of uh, you at work at the ball game, and uh, He is with us always, no matter where we are, no matter where we go. Not only is God's presence with us, but we also have learned that God's presence is around us. His presence is in us, and His presence surrounds us each and every day. And we talked about in week one that sometimes He will even take the very ordinary things in our life, the things that we may view every single day and just take it for granted. Sometimes He takes those ordinary things and He engulfs them with His presence. We saw that uh, He engulfed uh, just an ordinary bush uh, in Moses' day. And he did something extraordinary through that. And he often will do that if we are looking for him in even the ordinary things. He will engulf those ordinary things with his presence. And we will experience extraordinary things because of that. But I think sometimes that we view this journey of life, this journey that we're on with Jesus, I think we view it sometimes as some sort of riddle that we have to figure out. Uh, We view this journey with Jesus maybe like uh, uh, one of those corn mazes that some of you have probably been in before. Or the most terrifying thing in all of the world is that room of mirrors that they have at the fair. I don't know if they still do that or not. But I was traumatized as a kid one time in there because I thought, you know what, I'm never going to get out of here. And the fair is going to be over and they're just going to take me to wherever they're going next. Because I had no confidence that I was ever going to find my way out out of that room. But I think a lot of times we view our journey with Jesus in a very similar way. We we start off on this journey and we know there's only one way in and and there's only one way out. And so we spend our whole life trying to to figure it out and to make sure that we make all the, the right turns on this secret path in this maze of life. But, but honestly, if we're all honest today, what we, what we really want is in this maze, in this journey with Jesus, is we just want Him to give us all the answers, right? We want Him to be specific, tell us when, where we're supposed to go, when we're supposed to go there, what we're supposed to do, and when we're supposed to do it. And, uh, you know, we, we would prefer that he give us all the answers in black and white because we don't have the answers. But here's the deal. God does not have a secret path for you to figure out. He, he doesn't have a, a, a riddle that you've got to figure out for this journey of life and this journey with him. There's not a, a, a specific 
or secret direction for your life that He expects you to find and follow. Friends, God is not playing a game with our lives. He's not playing a a game uh, with us. God has a plan, and He has a will uh, for your journey of life, and it's not some big secret that He's trying to keep uh, from you. We don't need to think for one second that He's trying to burden us down with trying to figure out the direction that He wants us to go and the things that He would have us to do. There's a great quote that I I read about this that does a better job explaining it than I could ever do. It's from a book uh, called The Will of God is a Way of Life by Gerald Sitzer. He says this, Conventional understanding of God's will defines it as a specific pathway, pathway we should follow into the future. God knows what that pathway is, and He has laid it out for us to follow. Our responsibility is to discover the pathway. If and when we make the right choice, we will receive His favor. We will fulfill our destiny and succeed in life, if we choose rightly. If we choose rightly, we will experience His blessing and achieve success and happiness. If we choose wrongly, we may lose our way, miss God's will for our lives, and remain lost forever in an incomprehensible maze. That's a big word. It's got a lot of letters. Incomprehensible uh, maze. And I believe that's how a lot of us think. Uh, That's how most people process God's will, that if we make the wrong uh, decision, that we're going to be lost in this maze forever, that we'll never get back on the, the right path. And so what happens is, is if, you know, we're, we're afraid that we're going to make the wrong decision, then we, we just don't make a decision at all, right? If we think that we're going to go to uh, the wrong school, Or, you know, if we can't decide about which degree that we ought to get when we go to college. Or if we invest in the wrong retirement fund. And heaven forbid that, you know, we make some mistakes along the way and we make a wrong decision. Because we think that when we do that, then we are out of God's will and maybe even disqualified from finishing the journey altogether. And so out of fear, out of uncertainty, out of not knowing, we think we don't know what God's will is for our lives, we sometimes will get sidetracked on our journey with Jesus because it just seems like it's too confusing and it's too hard to figure out. And so when we come to that point, we just decide, you know what, I'll just do my own thing. I'll just figure it out on my own. I shared with you a a few weeks ago, I've been talking about in this series, uh, the call on my life to go into ministry, and I I shared with you that I knew that uh, as a teenager that God wanted me to go into ministry, but I never really had any real clarity about that, and not only did I not have any real clarity about it, but I was afraid because I didn't know what that involved, I didn't know what the future would hold, I didn't even know what that looked like, and so you know what I did? I did my own thing. I just did my own thing, went my own way. And to be honest with you, things were going pretty good for me. I I was doing pretty good going my own way and doing my own thing. And and I didn't obey God and follow His call on my life until I was 30 years old. So does it mean that I was hopelessly lost? 
because I had done that? Does that mean that I'm not in God's will right now because I wasn't obedient to Him from the time I was a teenager until I I was 30 years old? Does it mean that, you know, I'm disqualified because I obviously did not make the right decision at the appropriate time? Well, think back with me to the verse that we've been looking at every single week out of the Gospel of John, chapter 15 and verse 5, where Jesus says this, I am the vine. And you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, it's this idea of Jesus saying, on this journey of life, on this journey that I'm taking with you, I'm going to do some amazing things through you. But it's your job, it's your responsibility. It's not your responsibility to do amazing things. Your responsibility as a follower of Jesus Christ is just to remain in Him, to abide in Him, to journey with Him every single day. And as we journey with Him, you know what He begins to do? He begins to make us into His image. He begins to create us into who He wants us to be. You see, as we journey with Him on a daily basis, moment by moment, day by day, we begin to take on the characteristics of our Father, the characteristics of Him. I I was sharing this morning in the early service, you know, it's kind of like when you start talking to people uh, in a family. Have you ever noticed that certain families, they all kind of seem to sound alike? They, they uh, I was talking about this morning, all the Ibergs were here. I'm like, you could close your eyes and one of them would be talking and you would not know which Iberg it was, right? But you would know without a doubt that it was an Iberg, huh? Uh, it's kind of like that with uh, Lynette and her sister. They've spent so much time together. They were raised together, lived together for so many years that you can close your eyes sometimes around them and you, do, you don't know uh, which one is, is speaking. They sound so much alike. You see, we begin to take on the traits and the characteristics of the ones that we spend the most time with in our life. And you see, with Jesus, as we spend time with Him, it's not so much about what you do, what you do as it is who you become. You see, that's the most important thing is who are you becoming? Who are you allowing Him uh, to transform you into as you journey with Him each and every day? And so sometimes, here's what He does. In your life and in mine, He lets us choose. He lets us choose what we're going to do, what direction we're going to go. He, he lets us choose. He let me choose even as a teenager. He gave me a choice about ministry. He let me choose. And I think about that kind of uh, the way that I think about uh, when Lynette and I were raising our boys. You see, when they were little, some of you need to take note of this. Of course, my parenting may not be your parenting, but let me tell you something. When your kids are little, you can dictate everything that they do, especially while they're in your presence. They can eat what you tell them to eat. They can eat when you tell them to eat. They can sit when you tell them to sit. They can run when you tell them to run. You have absolute... See, we, we had our kids convinced that we even controlled the air that they breathed. All right? And, and hey, they saw enough crazy in their daddy that they were convinced it was true and that I could take that air away at any given time and they'd be gone. 
You know, I made two. I, I surely make one more. And, and so, well, actually, Lynette did all the work. But, you know, when they were little, we could control the things that they did. We, we did it for their own good. But as they began to grow, as they began to mature, we had to let them start making some decisions on their own. You know, as they became teenagers and they were in high school, we had to let them make some decisions. Now, me as their father, would I like to have made those decision, decisions for them? Sure I would have, but it was their decision to make. I'll give you an example. I was sharing with somebody after early service today. If, if it was up to me, see, I had a list of colleges that I preferred my children to go to, right? Lynette and I, uh, we had it all lined out in our minds, but we had to let them choose. They chose a school that I would have never picked for my kids to go to, but yet they went, and they were in God's will, and God blessed it and produced fruit through their decision. Sometimes God lets us uh, choose as his children, and I think Jesus can give us even more clarity this morning uh, about what we're talking about in this very familiar passage of Scripture, and I appreciate Elisa. Elisa? I, I say that wrong. I say it a different way every time. I'm going to get it right one time. McNabb for reading our Scripture with us uh, during our worship today. But Jesus gives this incredibly simple explanation of what God's will is for your life, what God's plan is for your life. So let's look at it again, starting at verse 25. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Think about that question here. That question today could change some of your lives. Just that one simple question. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? No, you're probably taking hours away from it, right? Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Verse 31, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. You see, he's your Father. He's your good Father. He knows what you need. He knows the things that you need. And so what we get from Jesus here in this text, and it's real simple, and I don't believe it could be any more clear about this. He doesn't want you to worry and fret about the future. Because honestly, we worry and fret by living out the future before it even gets here. Right? How many of us do that? We live out everything that's going to happen in the days ahead before the days ahead even get here. You're not even promised you're going to get to the day ahead. Right? But yet we worry about it. We play it all out. We've, every worst case scenario. And, and some of you stay up at night doing this. You don't sleep playing out all the scenarios that might happen tomorrow or, or the next day. 
right? And Jesus says that does not add anything to your life. So what is God's will? What what is God's will for your life? Well, Jesus tells us, he goes on there in, in verse 33. He says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Everybody say amen. <laughs> Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to have enough troubles of its own. Jesus saying what? Focus on the present. Focus on right now. Focus on today. Focus on this moment because in this moment right now, you know what? I am with you. I am in you. And I'm around you. I've got you. You're my child, right? That's what he's saying to us. Don't focus on tomorrow. Focus on today. Focus on the journey. Abide with me. Remain with me. So listen, the decision to be in God's will is not really a decision between am I going to be a teacher or am I going to be a doctor? You see, God's will is the daily decision to choose God's kingdom over our own kingdom. That's God's will for our lives. God's will is the daily decision to choose God's kingdom over our own kingdom. That's God's will. The question of God's will is not, should I be a teacher or a doctor? It's whether I'm a teacher or whether I'm a doctor, am I loving my neighbor? Am I loving God? Am I seeking God's kingdom above my own kingdom? Now, you can look at Paul's writings throughout the New Testament, and, and, and Paul references uh, several times in his writings to God's will, and it always lines up with what Jesus said in the Scripture as well. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3, he says this. He says, this is God's will for you, that you should be sanctified. Okay. He doesn't say this is God's will for you that you should be a teacher or this is God's will for you that, you know, you should go to this college. He says God's will for you is that you be sanctified. And we talk about this a lot. What it means to be sanctified is simply this, to be set apart, to be different, to not be camouflaged in a world that we're living in where there's so much camouflage, right? but to be set apart, to be different. He said this is God's will, that you live your life in such a way as a follower of Jesus Christ that people notice there's something different about you. People notice that you have some of the same characteristics that your daddy does. You see, that's God's will uh, for you, that, that people look at you and, and go, why do they... Why do they love other people more than they love themselves? Why do they care about other people more than they care about themselves? 
And one chapter later, and Paul's writing here to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And if you weren't here Wednesday night, Hunter did an excellent job leading a Bible study from this passage of Scripture, which, by the way, was awesome, which, by the way, while he was doing it, I'm thinking if he goes on much more about this, he's fixing to preach my sermon on Sunday. And so what I decided on Wednesday while he's doing this is, you know what, I'm just going to call in sick Sunday and say, you got it. He already had it prepared, but he didn't say everything exactly the way I would say it, and so I'm going to say what he didn't, but for those of you that missed it, let me tell you something. We have some great Bible studies here on Wednesday night. If you can be here, they are, they're so good. More coming up, but I just want to quickly look at uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. Paul writes this. He says, rejoice always. Rejoice always. Pray continually oh here you go steve here's here's the things that i gotta do here's the things i gotta make more time for here's the things i gotta check off my list each and every day i gotta listen to caleb i gotta walk around saying the lord's prayer 32 times every single day you know just more and more and more stuff to do it just confuses my day it just makes it harder Yada, yada, yada. And see, my problem, I, I used to really struggle with this. And, and then, you know, I, I changed my way of thinking about it probably through something Brother Sanders taught. But I, you know what? I used to think of these things, and especially prayer, as an activity. I used to think of prayer as an activity that I was supposed to do, that I had to do. But here's what uh, this is talking about here. Prayer is simply this. It's just this constant awareness of the presence of God. It's this constant awareness that He is with me. He is in me. He is around me, right? And He is a, a good Father who sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. He is the creator of all things, and He is with me. And that's what Paul is speaking to here. It's this awareness of the presence of God. Our eyes opening, open, looking and seeing Him in the ordinary things and the big things, in the little things, big things, ordinary things, and extraordinary things. He is there. He is present. And our awareness of that. And so we go through our day living in the present, living in the moment, not the future. That's what it's speaking to here. We're to live in the present, not in the future. Whatever it is that we're doing, praying continually is this constant awareness of the presence of God. So he says, rejoice always, pray continually. Verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Could he made it any more clear than that right there? Over and over, we see the Bible speak to saying, this is God's will for you, right? So you see, it's not a puzzle. It's not a riddle that we got to figure out. It's not complicated. God's will for you is that you are simply living your life with Him, and that looks differently than the norm that's going on around us. And that as we walk with Him, we'll begin to look more like him. And, and some of us, I, I believe that uh, some of us, and I say this myself, lots of times I found myself in this situation. 
But you know, some of us may be like, well, I thought God's will was going to tell me how many kids I needed to have. Or God's will was going to tell me if I should change jobs or not. Or, 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 or God's will would tell me whether, you know, I buy this house or buy that house. I, I thought God's will was going to tell me if I was, uh, you know, supposed to go bowling Friday night or go play putt-putt, right? Because if I go bowling and it's not God's will, somebody might accidentally sling their bowling ball over in the next lane, hit me in the head and kill me dead. If it's not God's will that I go bowling, I don't want to be there, Right? And we think like that sometimes. That is God's will about uh, all those, those kinds of things. We think that, you know, He's just going to answer all of our questions. But the Bible says, here is what's worth thinking about. Here is what is worth giving your energy to. Here is what's worth your efforts. Are you joyful always? Are you living with a sense of joy in your life because He is with you, He is in you, and He is all around you? Are you living with a joy in your life knowing that? Are you giving thanks in all circumstances because He is here? He is present in the moment. He is my, uh, he is my helper every single day. Giving thanks in all circumstances because He is present Are you praying continually? Are you living in a constant awareness of the presence of God in all things? Being in God's will is simply being in Christ. Abiding, remaining, journeying with Him. And I've heard people say, and you may have said it before, shoot, I probably have said it before more than once, but I hear people say, you know what? I don't know what God's will is for me. (laughs) Have you ever said it? Anybody would admit it in church? I I don't know what God's will is for me. Don't say that. We do know what God's will is for our lives. Amen? We do know what His will is. It's all about who you are and who you are becoming as you journey with Him, as you abide with Him, as you remain with Him. Now, here's what I know about some of you. Some of you want something more concrete than that, don't you? We want answers, right? Steve, give me a verse. I got to make this hard decision. Uh, Give me a verse. I I, I just want to tell you, um, some of you, I'm sure, have called me and said, hey, I've got this and this going on. Can you you give me a verse? You know, because we want answers. We want clarity. We want black and white. And and that's okay. You can keep doing that. I I don't mind at all for somebody to call or text and and say, hey, can you give me a verse about this? But I'm going to just be perfectly honest with y'all. When you call me and ask me for a verse, I put you on speaker and I go to Google. (laughs) Y'all think I got the whole Bible memorized? No. And and, hey, there's not a special God's Google for preachers. It's just Google. Or hey, if you don't want to be tracked, you can duck, duck, goose or duck, duck, go or whatever it is now. There's all kinds of things out there. But that's what we want, don't we? We want clarity. We want somebody to give us a verse so that every time we come to a fork in the road on our journey... That we can go to this particular verse and it will give us the answer that we need. It gives you 
God's answer for what you ought to do. And, and, and I know that's kind of what we all want. But listen, here's the deal. You can create a neat little plan for your life. You can have it laid all out in, in details there. And, and I'll tell you, depending on where you go, what you choose, or what you do, doesn't determine if you're in God's will or not. You can do God's will wherever you go. Whatever you choose, whatever job, you can be in God's will doing that. God's will for you is simply this. It's growth in becoming more like Him. That's His will for you. That you would grow and you would become more like Him each and every day. It's not that complicated. It's not as complicated as we've tried to make it. It's love God and love people. This is God's will for you. Love Him and love people. And if you do those two things, you know what? You can be a hairstylist. You can be a homemaker. You can be a teacher. You can be a builder. You can be a heart surgeon. You can be anything that you want to be. You can live in Greenbrier, Arkansas, or you can live in Green Bay, Wisconsin. It doesn't matter. But here's the deal. Maybe, just maybe, what God is saying to you today is, you choose. You choose. You're mature enough. I gave you a free will. I gave you the ability to be able to make decisions. You choose. But when you choose, be in my will. Whatever it is that you choose to do, remain in me. Abide in me. Journey with me. Be in my will. That's God's will for our lives. And whatever path you choose to go down, whatever path that might be, He just wants to go with you and you to go with Him, making sure that you love God and love people. Make sure you don't make it about what you're doing. Make it about who you're becoming as you journey with Him. And then you're never going to have to worry about whether you're living in the center of God's will or not. And I want to close with this this morning, but I feel like I need to share it because, you know what, I talk to people sometimes, and I felt this way in my own life before, that they have a sense uh, that because of their past, it's impossible for them to be in the center of God's will. They think that they've messed up so bad, and they've made so many wrong decisions that they've blown it, and their life will never be what it ought to be in God's will. And I'm sure that there are probably some people here today that, that probably feel that way. Maybe you're being reminded daily that you messed up and you made a wrong decision and you made a bad choice and maybe you feel like because of that you're stuck and you're stuck in the maze because of it. And if that's you today, I just want to share a passage of Scripture with you that has helped me when I feel that way. And it's out of Lamentations chapter 3, verses 19 through 23. It says, I remember my affliction. I remember my wandering, the, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them. 
and my soul is downcast within me. Yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we weren't consumed. For His compassion, it never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. And I believe what God is wanting to say to you, and I believe what He really wants us to understand is this, is that your sin, your bad choices in the past, your wrong decisions does not make you a failure. Hear me. Your past does not define your future. The things you once did do not make you a failure. Good grief, look at the life of Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament. He was killing Christians before he became one. I'm going to say, there's not many of you in here that have done that. I think what the Scripture is trying to communicate to us today is that there's no, there's no strings attached to grace. There's no strings attached to His forgiveness. Now, don't, don't hear me wrong. You may have to live with the consequences of your sin for the rest of your life. You may have to live with the consequences of some of those decisions and some of those things that you did in your past, but that does not mean that God does not love you. That does not mean that you've somehow been disqualified from being used by God today. I'm remaining in Him, abiding with Him, journeying with Him so that He can produce fruit through you. Yes, even you. He wants you to know that today. God can use your life if you'll just simply abide, remain. And journey. And allow Him to work. Allow Him to convict. And when He convicts, you'll know it. When He'll start saying, clean this up. Change this. Treat that person better. There'll be all these different things that He'll speak into your life through the work of His Holy Spirit. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do that to be in His will but you will do that if you're in His will. You see what I'm saying? That's God's will. Love God. Love others. Now, I just want you to know, He wants you to know, here in this passage of Scripture, that His mercies and His compassion are new every morning. Why would He say that? Because He knows that some of you are like me, and I need it. Every morning. I need a new dose every day. Because there's hardly ever a day that goes by that I get it all right. And that I live perfectly. Friends, can I just take a load off your shoulders today? There was only one who lived perfectly. And he died on a cross for you. So that you could have life. And have it abundantly. But he does ask us to walk with him. Remain in him. Abide with him journey with Him, and allow Him to work in our lives. 
We won't be perfect this side of heaven, but he will be perfecting you as you abide. You will not stay the same if you're walking in God's will. God's will is about who you are today, who you are right now, who you are in this moment of today, and who you are becoming on the journey with Jesus. I want to open the altar to you this morning and invite you to come, and maybe there's a situation that you would just like to come and pray about today, maybe a person that you would like to come pray for today. Maybe God spoke to you through His Word or through something that's been spoken or sung here today that you would just like to come to this altar today and thank Him for it or pray to Him about it. I I don't know. But if you feel like you need to come, I invite you to come right now as we close together with a word of prayer. Would you come? God, today I thank you for who you are and who you remind us that you are every time we go to your word, that we are in your presence, that you are a constant helper. Our hope is in you and nothing else. It's in you and you alone. God, you're more than enough. I thank you for what you've spoken into our lives today. And I don't know what you're doing. I I just see surface level and I never really truly know what you're doing in the hearts and lives of the people that come here or watch online. But God, I know this. You're at work. And I thank you for it. I thank you for the reminder today that our past doesn't define our future. Help me to live in the moment with an awareness of you. I pray that you would help our church to live in the moment with an awareness of you. Because, God, I know that when I do that, it changes my perspective, changes my attitude, it changes the way I approach other people, changes what I care about, changes my priorities. And so, God, my prayer is that with the help of your Holy Spirit, I I just... I want you to give me the strength to be able to abide, to remain. 
that you would find me faithful in doing that. You would find me obedient in that because that's your will for my life. That's your will for all of our lives here today. Thank you for never giving up on us. I thank you that your mercy and your compassion and your forgiveness and your grace is fresh and new every day. That don't mean that we take advantage of it because we know it's there so we can just go do whatever we want to. But God, none of us are perfect and we need your help and we need your forgiveness and we need your mercy and grace every single day. So I thank you for that reminder today. God, I pray for those in our church that are hurting. There are so many that are just dealing with frustrations, dealing with situations uh, with kids and family and medical situations. And God, honestly, we want to look ahead. We want to look in the future. And what, what's the future going to be like? And you're telling us right now, just walk with me. In this moment, I'm going with you. I am here. Make yourself so real and so present today, God, in the lives of our people that are hurting and battling. I pray for Richard today, God. God, I pray for healing in his life. I pray for renewed strength and energy. And I just pray that you would be real in your presence there with Richard right now. Be with Deborah. Be with the kids. As they go on this journey with you and with Richard. Trust you in the moment. Trusting that you will be exactly what they need in every moment of every day. I know you'll be that for them. I pray for Randy. I pray for healing in his life and that he would regain strength. And just may he sense your presence as he continues these treatments. Be with Dorothy and Barbara and Miss Mary as they continue to recover. Pray that you would bring healing to their lives. Pray for Lisa Simmons. Sustain her, God. That she would feel your presence in a very strong and powerful way. That you would give her strength. You would give her wisdom. You would give her rest. You would give her peace. You would give her hope. God, I don't only want to pray for those in our church, even though those, these are the people that I'm closest to. They're my closest family, and I love them dearly. But God, their church is scattered all up and down this highway, in this community, that are gathered today. And they're our brothers and sisters in Christ. And they have sick people, and they have lonely people, and they have people that are hurting as well. 
So God, I pray for the body of Christ today in those other churches. I pray for our brothers and sisters and our friends down at the Methodist church. And I, I know they've had a trying week and a trying time. God, just do what only you can do in and through them. That you would be glorified, that you would be honored, that you would give them fruit for their faithfulness and their willingness to abide and remain. Go with us now. As we go from this place as the children of God walking with our Father, give us a constant awareness of your presence and your hope. And God, may we live lives that are truly set apart from this, in this world that we're living in today. That we would love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we would love our neighbors. Love others as much as we love ourselves. And God, we'll be careful to give you the praise and give you the glory for what you've done what you're doing and what you're going to do in Jesus name we pray as we dismiss today I would like for us to go from this place with a benediction as a reminder of who we are as we leave this place and go into the world would you stand with me please and join me in reading together, Lord, let us go out into the world in peace and dedicated to your service. Let us hold tightly to that which is good, supporting the weak, helping the needy, and honoring all people. May the strength of God sustain us. May the power of God preserve us. May the hands of God protect us. May the way of God direct us. May the love of God Go with us this day and forever. Amen. I love you.